Hey there, and welcome to the podcast of Real Life Spokane. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We hope this podcast encourages you and points you closer to Jesus. Let's jump in. Well, I want to pray here and uh, look into God's Word together. Uh, As your pastor, I'm passionate about you becoming who God made you to be, uh, helping you grow toward that potential. Sundays are an opportunity for us to be inspired toward this mission, be equipped for it. And uh, I believe God is going to walk you out of here today different because of what He wants to reveal in His Word to you today. So uh, would you open your Bible to Romans chapter 6? If you don't know where that's at, table of contents or Bible app on your phone, maybe you need to Google it. We'll have stuff on the screen as well. Got your notes on the way in that you could be filling stuff out. Take that with you to group this week. Romans chapter six is where we're going today. Let me pray and let's look to God's word together today. Lord, we love you and we thank you, Jesus, for meeting us in this time. And we ask God that you would be here powerfully, speaking, leading, directing, making your word come alive, God. For those that don't know you here today, God, Jesus, would you just make your presence known in their life, the longings that they have? Oh, Jesus, would you just be the answer in their soul right now? For those, God, that have found themselves discouraged and disconnected, God, would you just draw them back right now? God, you are a healer, you are a hope, you are a strength. God, you, you know every bit of who we are. You love to speak. You love to reveal. God, would you speak in this time? Lord, help me. Trust you, Lord. Love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. And you were uh, made by God for God. I, I love this uh, picture in Scripture that we see of God coming to rescue us out of our sin and our brokenness. God came into our messes in all of our brokenness that we've created for ourselves, and he loves to rescue you out of all of that mess and lead you toward the purpose that he has for your life. I believe with all my heart that fulfillment is not found in this world, in this life, and what you can figure out for yourself. Fulfillment is only found in Jesus Christ because God made you, only God. God can fulfill you. Because God made you to be in relationship with him, the only way that you can be satisfied is to be in relationship with him. And that longing inside of us doesn't just, uh, it's always there drawing us back to relationship with God. Some of you, you've been longing and wondering and wandering and, and even being back here today is a miracle for some of you because of where you've been and how it's been going. And you just sense God leading and calling you back here today. I love that. See, the central theme of Jesus and his leadership in our lives has always been freedom. Freedom from our our sinful nature, freedom from our past, freedom from our fears, freedom from our hurts, freedom from addictions, freedom from pain and bitterness and things that have controlled us. See, the moment that we give our hearts to Jesus Christ, we are set free to now become who he made us to be. Central to the theme of Scripture, to Jesus' church, to Jesus' people are people who are free. We are set free. And I think that 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 inspires us. And I don't know if you're like me. I love the idea of freedom. I love the idea of fulfillment. I love all that. But Richie, I don't feel free a lot of times. 
I don't act free. I'm still stuck in sinful habits and patterns and brokenness and attitudes, and I can't forgive that person. And I'm, I'm still just like snippy toward my spouse, my spouse, not my mouse. I don't know what. I can't. You got to pray for me today. It's been a weird day, okay? Uh, I, I just, I'm just stuck, Richie, and I want to be free, but I, I don't feel free. And I think that this is, this is a message all about freedom today, and not just like how to feel free, but how to live free, how to actually walk in the freedom that God has called you to. When I think about 2022, one of the, just the passion that God has put into my heart is that this wouldn't just be a ho-hum year that you muscle your way through, but that God would do something supernatural in your life this year. And that you would experience him in a supernatural way with wisdom that you've never experienced before, with faith that you've never known before, with grace and healing that you've never experienced before, but that God would use you and your life would be a life this year that is filled with supernatural moments, not just like survival mode. We have been in it and we're done with that. Amen. We are ready to move forward. And because of that, God, show us how to be free. Show us how to live free, how to walk in freedom. Romans chapter 6 is Paul laying a theological groundwork for freedom in your life. Paul is the author. He was a church planner in the first century, filled with all kinds of amazing wisdom by God. We believe that even though he's the author, he was carried along by the Holy Spirit to write this so that you and I would understand this is God speaking to us as his people. I just want to lay this groundwork and then, and then give you kind of a, a, a practical way to live free today. Romans chapter 6, look at, down at verse 6 with me. Paul says something. He says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him, with Jesus. I love how he starts this. We know this. Not all of us know this, but he's saying, hey, if, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you've come out of your old life and your old sinful nature, now you've said yes to his leadership, you've been given the gift of God's spirit inside you, and you know that your old self has been crucified with Jesus. Why? So that the body of sin might be done away with. Now, he's looking at, at his own body, probably, as he's writing this. He's looking at his arm, his hands. He's understanding that we have this physical body, and this physical body has been subjected to sin, and it's been an instrument of sin, and it's been all kinds of places and done all kinds of stuff and said things and thought things and looked at things. It, it's all corrupted by sin, but we know that this old self that used to lead us and dominate us and own us, it's been crucified with Jesus Christ. It's been, it's been completely crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with and that we should no longer be slaves to sin. What I love about Paul's tone in this passage is he's speaking about what is true. See, what's so important about this conversation is, is freedom is not the subjective feeling that you get sometimes. It's a matter of understanding what is true based on God's perspective 
when, when you head out this week, you're going to be confronted by all kinds of things happening in your life, and people are going to say stuff to you. You're going to read something on the news feed. There's going to be stuff happening constantly, and it's always messing with you, and it's trying to lead you, lead your heart, lead your attitude for us to come back together and just recenter our hearts on what we know is God's word to us as his people. What is true is so important. Your, your sinful nature, this leadership of this sin desire inside you has been done away with so that you would no longer be a slave to sin. Verse 7, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. He's speaking to this spiritual transformation that's happened. This is why baptism is so important to us is because it's a picture of this transformation. You and I used to live for ourselves, but the moment we said yes to Jesus and his leadership in our lives, we've now submitted ourselves to him. And where he was crucified, we identify with him in that death. And where he rose from the grave, we now identify with Jesus in that resurrection. He says that in verse 8, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again, and death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for everyone. He died it once and he died it for all of us. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Here it is, verse 11. In the same way, real life. Here's what Paul is getting practical here. Now I want you to count yourselves dead to sin. I want you to just declare that over your heart, recognize that in your life that, you know what? Sin is not my master. This old nature that I used to give into, the old attitude, the old way of living, none of that rules me anymore. And it may just sound like, oh, that's a nice saying. Just stick with me in this, okay? In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil's desires. Don't let it. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master because you are not under law, but under grace." Freedom is very practical. It is, it is understanding, okay, if I've given my life to Jesus now, I've been given a deposit of his spirit inside me, and I've been set free from all of that sinful nature and desire. Even though I don't always live free, act free, or feel free, I am free. And you got to just get good at, at, at telling your heart, your mind, this truth. And you got to probably remind yourself of this over and over and over and over again. That's why it's so important that we gather together like this and that we're in groups together because we need each other to remind each other sometimes, right? Because we forget. And I start acting like a slave again when I've been set free. I, I, I'm walking around all bound up and there's no chains on me whatsoever. And, and for many of us, this, this rut of how we've always lived, Lived. I always have had a bad attitude. I've always said mean things. I've always done it this way. I always get road rage. Don't cut people off, right? There, there's these ways that we've always been. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I've declared freedom in your life over those old ways, those ruts, those things that you've done. You need to start living like the free man or woman that you are. Don't act like you got shackles on when you don't got them on, right? This is, this is the message of Romans 6. 
And here's our problem. We're an emotional people. Anybody else emotional in the room like me? If I don't feel free, I don't act free. Right? I don't feel very free. So I'm not acting free right now. I'm going to act like a slave again. And I think that this is really important for you to hear is, is your motivation, like what you feel like, is not a really good God to live under the authority of. But the God of the universe who, who put this pen to paper for you and I to hear the truth and to live according to this truth says, no, 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 I've set you free. I sent my son to die on the cross to pay the penalty of your sin. He rose up out of that grave declaring victory over sin and death, over the grave, over hell itself. You don't have to live like a slave anymore. You are free. And for, for us, the trap is, well, Richie, I don't feel free, so I don't live free. What I love about how God has made us as a people is our motivation doesn't come like first, like, yes, I feel free, so I'm going to have an awesome day today. You and I have to get up in the morning. We have to get after our life. We have to understand that 2022 is an opportunity for us to live free. Today is an opportunity. This week is an opportunity. You take it in whatever bite-sized chunk you want to take it, but this is an opportunity for us to live in the character, the nature, the call of God on our lives. But we got a decision to make. Am I going to live based on my feelings and emotions, my, my lack of motivation, or am I going to live based on the truth of who God has called me to be and what he said to me? And for you and I to understand that we are free requires us to just take a, a step back and go, okay, if I am going to live free, I, I got to start acting like I'm free. And one of the things that just breaks that cord of, of that emotional thing is serving and servanthood. I just want you to think about this for a moment. Servanthood. Serving. It's this habit, a routine. It's a heart posture. It's a, it's a thing that Jesus modeled and gave us as an opportunity for us to live into the freedom that he's created us for. Think about the Last Supper. If you know the story, Jesus is with his 12 disciples. We we're just celebrating communion here in a moment ago, and that's what he gave us. But you know, before he gave us communion, he gave us another picture where he took off his outer garments. He wrapped a towel around his waist. And the lowest of the jobs of all the servants of the house was to wash the nasty feet of the people that had been walking out in the mud all day. And Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, got down on his knees and began to wash his disciples' feet. And he says, what I've done to you, I want you to do for each other. What I've just shown you, what I've just given you, this is how I want you to live. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, our Savior came with this understanding. This world does not own me, and so I don't got to operate like the rest of the world operates, slaves to sinful nature. I can walk in freedom, and I am here to serve. I'm not bound up by everybody liking me or making sure my needs are met or, or, or me getting all my preferences, you know, kind of pleased. No, 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 no. I'm here to serve. I'm here to give my life as a ransom for many. Sacrifice and servanthood breaks the bonds of this propensity to serve ourselves, And it's an opportunity for you and I to go, eh, I don't know how I feel this morning, but I know that God has called me to serve. 
Man, I got to I got to the coffee line this morning at five horrible early. It was whatever, so early. And I'm, I'm paying for coffee. This is how it goes, right? You order something, then you pay for it, and you expect it to go a certain way when you do that, right? And when it doesn't go a certain way, then you're like, mm, and it's five stupid early, right? It's like way too early. And, and on this sermon, I'm not kidding you, the Holy Spirit's like, hey, what are you preaching on today? And I hadn't said a word. I hadn't like made a face. It's dark. I'm here to serve, but I'm paying, but I'm serving. This is an opportunity to serve, right? It's, it, it's all going a mess, but it's an opportunity for me to just go, God's given you so many contexts to not serve yourself, but to serve the people around you. And for you to make a decision, I'm not going to be ruled by my emotions or slavery to my old way of life. I am not going to allow sin to be my master. God, you are my master, and my master came to serve and not be served. He came to give his life as a ransom, Lord. I want to live free this year. I don't want to be bound up by all that old stuff that has always controlled me, all that, that, that issue that has always dominated my life and my thinking. God, I'm going to be free. Serve. Serving is that pathway to breaking that bond of, of, of feeling like sin is your master. I would encourage you with this. The more, like when you give your heart to Jesus, you get a deposit of the Spirit of God inside you. This, this deposit guarantees you on the day of salvation, declaring you righteous before God. Such an amazing promise that when God sees you on the day of judgment, he doesn't see your sin, but he sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what this deposit does. But it's also the Spirit of God that, that rose Jesus from the dead is empowering you inside you to live according to God's purpose. You're not just like, hey, you better figure it out and get the power that you need to do this on your own. No, no, no. You and I now have an opportunity to surrender our hearts more and more to the Spirit's leadership in our life and less and less to the sinful nature that we've been just so used to feeding for so long. It's kind of like, it's like a, it's like a war inside you. Which one am I going to listen to more today? And for many of us that are new to Jesus Christ, we don't know the Spirit's leadership. We don't know what his voice sounds like. We only know the flesh because we've served the flesh our entire lives. We've served this selfish, sinful desire our entire lives. And so when we serve, fasting, it's a great example. You're actually abstaining for, from food in order to increase your sensitivity to the Spirit's leadership. What does food do? It, it numbs your need for God. And, and when you fast, you're like, wow, I'm really weak. I can't even go one meal without right, eating. This, this is like, you reveal how weak I am. And, and it's an opportunity for you then to go, oh, God, I need you. And when you serve, God, oh, it's so good. You're like, you have to be there early. <laughs> you know, you have to have a good attitude. I don't want to have a good attitude. I, I want to have a bad attitude right now. You don't get to have a bad attitude. When you walk into your house after work, your, your kids, you know what? They need you to serve. Your spouse, to serve. Think about how much different your marriage would be if you go, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to learn how to serve. Not them needing to serve me, but me here to serve them, to serve my spouse, to serve my kids. Kids, how much different your relationship with your parents would be if you were like, I'm here to serve. Right? Like, we, we don't do family like that. No, it's, it's not like that. They're, like, they're here for me to make my life what I want it to be. Think about how destructive that mindset is. It tears us apart. But people serving? Man, think about Jesus' church. This is what Jesus' church has always been about, is giving people an opportunity to learn how to serve. 
The church doesn't need people to serve. It doesn't. This church doesn't need you to, to, to do something. This church exists so that you can grow towards your potential in Jesus Christ. And your potential is found as you begin to serve. And so we create spots to play. I mean, we, I think our kids team had like 90-some places for people to engage in serving on Christmas Eve. Why is that so awesome? Because 90-some people got an opportunity to serve and get beyond themselves on Christmas Eve. It was such a cool time. And you got food. I mean, it was so much fun serving on Christmas Eve. It was like such a joy. And that opportunity comes because Jesus Church exists. And, and for many of us, we get stuck in this cycle of self-serving instead of serving other people, and we think everything exists for us. The church is for me, my marriage is for me, my kids are for me, my boss, they're for me, my job, it's for me, and it's all there to serve you. And man, this is a destructive, enslaving mindset. Because if everybody doesn't agree with you that they're there for you, then now there's conflict in your relationships, there's pain associated with everywhere you are. You, you are stuck in this place where if everybody doesn't serve your flesh the way you want to serve it, man, th th there's now this fight going on. And we have an opportunity to live a different way, to live Jesus' way, to live free, and to walk into this year experiencing the freedom that God has called us to. We don't often talk around here about, hey, you need to get involved. You need to be a part of something. I just think about all the context God has already given you. He's given you your marriage. He's given you your workplace. He's given you your school. Uh, man, your school. Your school needs you to serve. Your, 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 your team that you're on, your, your place in life, your workplace, your church. Like some of you, you've been tippy-toeing around here like, maybe real life might be my church. I want to call you to make this your church and go, you know what? I'm going to serve here. It's probably not perfect. In fact, I know it's not, but I've just got to engage my heart and be a part of something this year and get beyond my self-serving ways and, and give this life so that other people can experience what God is doing in me and through me. And for you and I to understand that this is the path to freedom is serving. I want you to be free. I want you to experience what God is calling you to and, 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 and planning for your life. I love Ephesians 2, 10. He says, you are God's masterpiece. You were created anew in Christ Jesus so that you could do the good works that he planned long ago for you to do. I love this. God did not save you so you could serve yourself. God saved you for a purpose. He has good works that he planned long ago for your life. Just let this humble you for a second. The God of the universe saw you when you were sinful, lost, broken, and so ashamed. And he said, you know, I have so much that I have in mind for them in their life. I, I, I need to set them free from their sinful nature so that they can grow toward all that I've made them for, the future that I have for them. He says, you are his masterpiece. He has been saving you, redeeming you, setting you free so that you can do the good work that he planned so long ago for you to do. What a gift. God has you in mind and has plans and purpose for your life, not just for you to kind of serve you, but for you to experience what it's like to walk in the freedom that he's called you to. I think about every single one of us have been called. We talk about ministry. I've been called to ministry. I've got a pastoral 
call on my life. That's what God did when I was 18. And I never planned on it. Honestly, I was, I was all going to college and everything else was figured out in this life. But when God pulled the rug out from underneath my plans and what I thought this life should be, everything changed. One of the biggest things that changed that I never had before was hope. Because everything up to that point was dependent on me. And what I thought I needed in this life should be and what it should be about. And it's hopeless living that way because I know me and I'm, I'm pretty jacked up and I really don't have much to offer. But the moment that the God of the universe got a hold of this heart and said, I have purpose for you, this life was filled with hope and passion and joy and drive like I never had before. This is not just for a pastor on a stage. This is for every single one of you who has been called by God out of darkness into light, who, that God might declare the praises and his glorious work through your life. He has put you right where he's put you on purpose, and he wants to walk in, in this life with you and do something supernatural through you. And for you just to settle your heart and go, wait a second, God saved me for a reason. I've got a ministry. I've got people. I've got an opportunity. This life is not about serving myself and getting my needs met. This life is a life of sacrifice. It's a life of humility. It's a life of, of giving my life, my talents, my abilities, all the way so God can be glorified through this life. This is a room full of miracles. What God has done, what God wants to do, The testimony of God's grace in your life, and what he wants to do through you. Oh, man. I believe with all my heart that God wants to just awaken our hearts to go, oh, I've been called by God. He's going to equip me. He's going to give me everything I need. Here's the thing I would just challenge you with. You won't get good at serving by not serving. I know that's like rocket science, Richie. Come on. You won't. As much as I want to be good at soccer, I don't get good at soccer by not playing soccer. I'm horrible at it. It lasted like three weeks. And my girls made fun of me, and it was just all kinds of mess. I'm glad that I retired, though. It's been, <laughs> you know, church is not a spectator sport. From the stands and the sidelines, that's not where you're called to be. Right in the middle of the game. You don't get good sitting in the stands. God's called you. He's got a purpose for your life, and he wants to lead you toward that purpose. It just takes you and I just recognizing, I don't have what it takes. I'm not the one that kind of has this life all figured out. God, you've called me. You have a plan in mind. I don't know how to get there from here, but whatever you say, I'm just going to do that. This is why we love to baptize people around here, because your first step of obedience. Obedience is just one step at a time. God speaks, you obey. He, he, Jesus was baptized. He modeled it. He commands it. And when we give our hearts to Jesus, that's our first step of obedience. So around here, we're always like, hey, get baptized. Dude. We're celebrating Elijah. Hey, come forward afterwards. And we want to talk to you about getting baptized. We're gonna, why? Because we want to help set in motion a life of obedience to Jesus. Because I don't know what God's planned and purposed for your life. None of us do, but he does. And the only way you're going to get there from here is by obeying him. And if you wait to obey him to 
when you feel like obeying him, you're just going to sit back and you're just going to miss out on all that God has purposed for your life. And so we're trying to be a, a kind of people that are like, hey, you need to listen to God. You need to obey him. You need to get baptized. You need to serve. You need to take that next step, whatever that is. Like, let's not sit back and hope that God's purpose is accomplished in our lives. Like, let's look at this new year and go, God, I want to live free. Free from this self-centered way. Free from the desires of this world, from the love of money, from the lust of the flesh. I want to live free. God, would you make us a people who not only know the freedom that you've called us to, but live in the freedom that you've declared over our lives. Would you make us a people that walk with joy and sacrificial postures into these places that you've called us to go, into these relationships that you've given us, God? And would we become a people known by our servanthood? Not our demands. Not our sinful desires, but by our sacrifice. By our serving. Love how Paul says in Philippians 2, would you just have the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus? Who though being in the very nature of God, didn't consider equality with God something to grasp or hold on to, but was willing to give that all up and take on the form of a human and become a servant and serve in this life and be obedient to God, even obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that he is Lord. Would you have that same attitude? My prayer is that the people who are free would live free. That we would break the bonds of that old life and sin trying to be our master. And we'd just walk in this freedom. It would be a servant, sacrificial people that God can use for his purposes. I want to pray over you. My heart's just filled with this vision for your life. I can't see the end. Maybe just close your eyes with me. But God can see it. He sees your life. He's ordered your steps. He knows the gifts that he's given you, the passion that he's put in your heart, the story that you have. God, would you just fill every heart here with a vision of a life committed to you, of a life that's laid down for your purposes. Would you give every one of us a, just a picture, God, of your greatness and your glory? So much more, God, than anything we could produce in this life, Lord money, success, fame. None of that compares, God, to your glory. Forgive us for thinking so small, for being so self-consumed. God, we are your servants. You have these lives. God, you've paid the ransom death for these lives. God, so here we just give you every, every bit of who we are. Let's worship. 
Thank you for the freedom. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. Thank you for those in the room, God, that you're drawn to yourself right now, that you're bringing salvation to, God. Just thank you for the repentance that I can just sense in the room, God. Thank you for the freedom that you've given us. We just honor you, Jesus. Would you stand to your feet with me today? I'd just love to give you a couple of next steps before we wrap up. One is this, that uh, the church exists so that you can develop your gifts, your abilities. That connect card that's on your seat, okay, I need to serve. I don't know where, I don't know what. Maybe you know exactly who and where and what, but you've just been on the sidelines. And God's like, eh, calling you out. Respond. Respond on that card. Come forward in a minute. We'd love to pray with anybody up here that God is speaking to you. I want to I talk to you. Maybe it's getting baptized. It's starting to serve. Our team will be up here in a minute. We'd love to pray with you and talk with you. We drop those cards in the box, the giving in the box on the way out. Another thing I just call you to is we are going to three services here in a few weeks and we're starting a bunch of new groups and all this is happening. Why? So that we can reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. All of that is just trying to go in faith together, believing that God is going to empower you in your workplace this week, in your school, wherever you are. He's going to use you. That you would just sense that calling from God. You are my ambassadors. I have a ministry of reconciliation for every single one of you. That you would respond in those little moments. Maybe it's a prayer. Maybe it's an invitation. Maybe it's, I don't even know what it is. But God would just prompt you. and You would sense his leadership. You'd respond. God, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for these moments together. And thank you for your church. And thank you for everyone, God, that you are speaking to today. Pray, God, you would give us the courage to obey. Give us the courage, God, to trust that we really are free, that you've set us free, and we're going to walk in that freedom. God, thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us on the Real Life Spokane podcast. We exist to reach this world for Jesus one person at a time. And you can help us do that by liking, sharing, or subscribing to this podcast. We love you so much and we'll see you next time.